Hello and welcome to The Way Podcast. And this is the last week where we'll be looking at failing forward. Mm. And today we have the wonderful Sunday as our guest. Sunday, Hiya. tell us about yourself. Hi, my name's Sunday. Um, I was born and raised in Portugal, Lisbon. And I moved in uh, in 2020. I moved to the UK in 2020. And I've been studying music ever since. And yeah, I spent my days making music and chilling with God. Cute. What a joy. Yeah. Simple life. Simple life, bro. That is like Simple the dream, isn't it? So how did you like get into your music stuff? And how did you like become an artist? So um, my mom used to lead the church choir. Mm-hmm. And I would ask to sing like, mom, let me sing. And I was just five, five or six. And mom would be like, nah, your voice is not low enough. And when I, I went to like year two, um, I used to sing again. And my mom was like, okay, prove yourself to me then. So I like, I picked this one song from this singer called Gabriela Rocha. She's Brazilian. And I started singing over and over and over again. And my parents started to notice that my voice was developing. And they were like, okay, I will let you sing in the choir. And it was a journey from there. Um, my parents would listen to everything. And I feel like this mix of European, Latin and African sounds really shaped the way I make music and mm-hmm. the way I perceive sound. And that's why I love Jesse so much. And I love to hang out with him because whenever we hear a repeating sound, we make a beat to it. Mm. And <laughs> it's a random thing. But yeah, the way I got into music was watching my parents and how they weren't even artists, but music was such a big part of their lives. Mm. And it became like a main thing to me. It's beautiful, man. Mm. I'm so sorry, Sunday. We've had to do this to everyone. <laughs> He's nodding already. <laughs> He's nodding. Yes, yes, Jesse. But we, we've had to do this to every single guest Lord, that has come on. Sunday, what is the most embarrassing story that you have in your brain right now? About yourself. About yourself. So I remember, I went to Cape Verde once and I was chilling with my cousins and we got bored. And we went to my grandma's house and my grandma uh, used to live next to this farmer. <laughs> so much and, context. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and one day me and my cousin got bored and we're like, you know what, let's steal some mangoes and see what he does. And we went there, we stole a whole bunch of mangoes. Like I filled my whole t-shirt with it. We were running away. <laughs> and yeah, the farmer started noticing some mangoes. Like the tree was kind of skinny. And one day it was like one in the afternoon. We just had lunch and we got bored again. We went to the farmer's place. We climbed the tree. When we came down, we saw like two German shepherds, bro. Oh, bro. They chased us down the road. I, I had like 10 mangoes on my t-shirt <laughs> and I made home with like two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was embarrassing. He told my grandma and then, yeah, he got a peek after that. Mm. There seems to be a theme of shoplifting, man. Why are we inviting shoplifters? I don't know if you guys watched last week's podcast, but we had Swazi on, who also, her embarrassing story involved shoplifting. Oh, really? But, you know, here we are. Here we are. What's failure? Well, enjoying the fruits of life. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they might not be your fruits, but... Failure. That was a bit of a failure, you know, stealing mangoes, but... We wanted to also know. <laughs> well, that was it. So. A <laughs> little bit of a minor failure. Um, but what has been the biggest failure 
um, that you've experienced that has shaped you into who you are today? Um, so I used to date this girl. We started dating at 13 to 18. So I basically grew up with this girl. And when I came to the UK, I was invited to a party. And bear in mind, she was living in France because her dad's a diplomat. So it was long distance for a while. And I was invited to a party once and things got shaky and I ended up cheating on her. My conscience like was waiting on me so much that I, that I told her and that completely shattered her and she broke up with me um, on Christmas Eve. And that was like the worst Christmas and the worst New Year's Eve I've ever had. And I feel like the three months after, three months after that event truly shaped me and yeah, turned me into who I am today. Like I learned so much about faithfulness and loving people. Yeah, that we're was left. my biggest failure. We're left spe speechless, bro. Thanks for just being totally mm -hmm. honest there. Seriously. How and when did you become a Christian and all that? We, we, did you go into it as Christian or? So I was born and raised in a Christian household, but I became a real Christian at like 15, 16. And mm. yeah, that was like five years ago. Cool. How did it happen? Why, why did you choose? I was a troubled child. So the story of stealing mangoes, that was before. <laughs> that, yeah. Pre-Jesus. Pre, that was pre-Jesus. <laughs> My whole family was saved, but I was a black sheep. Um, literally. I'm, I'm the darkest one. Um, <laughs> how it happened was like, I was having this season of constantly arguing with my parents, like going back and forth. I remember once I argued with my parent, my father so much that he started to tear up. I never saw my dad cry. And I was like, flip. The first time I see him cry is because of me. And I was so enraged, I was so prideful. I ran to my room, I shut the door and locked the door and it was completely dark in my room. And I, I remember this presence when I got in my room, I immediately fell to my knees because I knew who it was. And I started praying, I'm like, forgive me, God. Um, depart from me like I'm a sinful person. And I just remember him telling me, I love you, mm. come to me. Let me show you the best version of what I got for you. I opened the Bible. I started reading through John. I just skimmed read, read it, but it helped me a lot. And the next morning I went to my parents' room and I was like, I'm sorry. And I truly love you. And I appreciate what you're doing for me. But it was crazy for my parents because 12 hours ago they were arguing with me and now they're dealing with this completely different son. Mm. And, but that was just one of many. My Salvation, um, yeah, it took place in one moment, but it was a very gradual process. Mm. How do you um, feel that that like encounter, that first like, proper encounter with God that you had in relation with like your relationship with your with your parents, and then your biggest failure with that relationship with a girlfriend? How do you find that has shaped your relationships nowadays? Mm. Wow. I feel like with God and people, it's like a fire water relationship. And for things to go well, the water has to be warm. 
and God is a fire. If my relationship with God is weak and I'm not spending time with God or not like intentionally loving him, the water also cools down because the water is in this pot and God is like boiling the water. Or like the harder it is, the better. And I feel like as if at some point my relationship with people is falling off too quickly or out of nowhere, I can track it down to like, yeah. I, I haven't been praying or like just loving God mm. above everything. Mm. I feel like that's how it shapes. Mm. What's one of the biggest failures that has shaped you? Mm. Every day is so tough. Every day is so hard. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> trying to think of a failure that has um, shaped me. I used to be really, really close with like this friend. Like we were like best friends. You know those best friends where you finish each other's sentences, you mm. listen to the same music, you mm. have the same slang, like. Mm you will see each other in the day, go home and then spend eight hours at night on the phone just to see them the next day and mm. act like you haven't seen mm. them in time. It was one of those friendships that we were proper like yin and yang. And we had like a really horrible experience where it wasn't my fault, but the experience was horrible in it. Mm. And then we stopped being friends. And for me, that was a big failure because like, I really expected to have this friend around for like honestly the rest of my life and at the time I was like 14 15 years old um, and it really shook me it made me feel like really unsecure in relationships and it taught me to not place so much attachment on people and not to like be so close with just one person mm. because what if that person now leaves your life like does that change your identity yeah. does that change who mm. you are and I had like a whole like identity shift I was like who am I outside of this one friend like what clothes do I even like to wear what food do I even like like I had to really come to find my own but that failure definitely taught me the importance of where you place your value and mm. like mm. not to almost have like an unhealthy obsession with people and now I feel mm. like I'm doing so much better since then like yeah I don't have the same mentality with friendships anymore and I'm happy breakthrough yeah real breakthrough what about you what's like I mean, we kind of talked about it before, but like maybe to do like music, cause we know that you are a little singer, you do a little singing here and there, right? Mm. Music and stuff. So like, what has been like a, maybe like a musical failure that you've been through and how has that like shaped you as an artist? Wow. Um, so from the age of, again, 13 to 18, I used to release music in Portuguese and it used to be under the name of Josué. Um, cause that's my birth name. All of those five years I spent producing, grinding. And my mentality was, yeah, I do it for God. But I want the views in it. Mm. Um, I want to be popular. I want the music videos. I want everything, all of this and that. And I just, every time I tried, fall flat on my face. And when I turned 18 and God gave me a new name, a new identity, I was like, you know what? I let go of God. Um, I don't care about views. I don't care about popularity. I surrender my gifts and I've, I follow your call from now, regardless of the outcome. And I let go of the music videos things and the views. And that was because of the failures I've had in the past. Like, this is not God's way. And I, I started releasing songs on the Sunday, God's way. And all I have to say is, wow. Mm. 
there's no striving, there's no need for a music video. Um, just one session with the Holy Spirit and with the anointing of heaven. I can see people like texting me, Sunday, your song has touched me, Sunday, I was in a suicidal state and the Holy Spirit brought me back, brought me back through your songs. Mm. And it's like, wow. Part of like failing is understanding that failure is there for a reason. But when you can learn and move on from that and step in obedience into what God has called you, you can see that there's so much fruit beyond the wall of failure. Whenever I fail too much, I know that God's calling me into another thing. Mm. And what's what's the goal, Sunday? What's the vision? What have you got lined up in this next couple months, next couple of years? Um, I want to release an album in May, but Ooh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, May time, May time. But I don't have a, I don't have an ending goal. Um, my idea of success used to be like make money, have views, and shallow stuff like that. Um, but now, since I dropped my first song and I completely gave it to God as an offering, I felt like that was a success. Um, not even in a secular way, in a spiritual way. I think I'm like, if I don't get any views, I still think I'm doing the world, I'm doing the Lord's will. And mm -hmm. that's all that matters to me. But my end goal is to preach the gospel to those in need um, through the sounds and draw believers close to Jesus, those who are struggling with, you know, being lukewarm. And I pray that, I hope that I can bring someone hope. Um, and I pray that my songs filled, my music is filled with the spirit in a way that I can touch them, mm. genuinely. Mm. Wow. It's beautiful, bro. Now your approach to your art and your craft is so interesting. And mm. I think a lot of people can learn from it because like often with failure, we're so afraid of making the mistake mm. and we get so caught up that we might not actually tap into the gifts that God has given us. But mm. actually like, mm. if you're not concerned with being perfect, so these people can like, like my music or approve of what I'm doing, but you're just like, God, just use me. Then you don't even think about failure. You just think about, doing what you like and then mm. from doing what you like you start to see the fruits and you start to see actually like no I am gifted at this actually no I'm called to do this actually no like people mm. do like what I'm doing it's all in my head type thing I think a lot of the times and a lot of the discussions we've had about failing forwards have been about like the fear of doing the thing but actually to get over failure you just have to do it because mm. if failure comes it comes but if I'm doing what God has called me to do mm. literally doesn't matter absolutely mm. Mm -hmm. straight up and I noticed earlier you said, when I notice I'm failing lots, I change it because it might must not be God. Um, and one of the questions here is, what should we do if we keep on failing to what we do actually believe God has called us to do? Mm. Pray. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Because <laughs> someone's not listening. <laughs> if you keep on failing, someone's not listening. Um, because with God, I hope I don't sound legalistic with this. Um, it's not my intention. But with God, if you're obedient, 
things actually go first shot. Like with Moses, he had a speech problem. And God was like, just trust me. And he went to, he went to Egypt and Pharaoh didn't listen. Moses kept going. But whenever God gives you an order, he has already paved the way for you. So all you have to do is step in it. If you're trying to zigzag, of course you're going to get tired and fall. But God's telling you walk straight. So just realign your vision mm. and make sure your heart is in sync with God's heart. Because if you want to obey God, but on the low you have secret plans or secret intentions that you don't want to bring up to the surface, you're going to keep derailing. Mm. I do think that sometimes, even if God has called us to something, it's not always as straightforward as just stay on the path. Mm. But I do think that God can call us to things and it's difficult. Like, even if we're looking at like Moses and the Israelites and when they even when they finally got to their promised land, it wasn't mm. easy. It was still no. lots of hard work and there was still, yeah, trials in that mm. and failures in that. Yeah. But actually it's God uses our failures to even better his kingdom. Mm. And like, I don't know if everything happens for a reason, but God makes everything happen for a reason. Mm. Like when we mess up, God will use that. Yeah, And that didn't have to happen. Our, our sin, our mess up didn't have to happen, mm. but God will use that to make mm. his, king, like, his kingdom here. Yeah. So mm. I do think that's like part of it is that actually we, we, we will fail and that's okay, but God can use that as part of his plan. So Sunday, um, what you said in your story, I think a lot of people can resonate with that, with feeling a tension between, you know, I have desires and I have things that I want to achieve. Maybe mm. you're a young person at school, right? And you have exams and you have all these different pressures or maybe just a young person trying to figure out life, trying to break free from this prison of trying to feel like this is the way I should live my life or these are the desires that I have to have because of the pressures and standards that the world has set on me versus like walking in the call of God. Like how would you advise someone to get out of that mindset? Well, I think with God being our creator, um, the only genuine form of love, significance, validation and acceptance we can have comes from him. And if someone's caught in this loophole of, okay, I have to perform to be accepted. I have to perform to do this. I have to do well, otherwise I'm not gonna be loved. I have to do well to be seen as this person. I feel like going to God in secret, um, make sure no one's there, or no one is aware of what you're doing. Go to God in secret and pray. God, give me, give me a sense of significance in you. Show me how much you love me and help me stand on your love because that's the one thing that doesn't shake or move with the winds. Um, everything on this earth will pass. Um, our desires, our plans, our futures, it all pass. And even after we're all gone, things will keep moving. But like, there's one thing that's eternal and the firm foundation for all of us, Jesus. So the way I found it, the way I got out of the loophole was in finding security in Jesus. Mm -hmm. If I have security in Jesus, whatever happens, happens. Um, I know I'll, ultimately I'll be fine. And that brings me so much joy. Cause like for someone that's sensitive, I, I can be some, a bit sensitive sometimes, but like 
knowing that I have Jesus, the one friend that truly matters and will never leave me and will always have my back, just brings me so much comfort. So I say pray in secret, spend time with God. Um, but don't be too harsh on yourself when you fail as well because there's one thing called grace and you get redempted. No, no, redeemed. I mean, <laughs> I, I was I like, like, I like the word redemptive. Yeah. Uh, direct translation from Portuguese. Um, <laughs> take the gospel as the truth of, of your life because that's what worked for me. And when you fail, just know that God can use that for good. And it's not a saying that Christians say a lot, it's the literal truth. And I've seen it in my life. My failures were redeemed, and all, when, all the times I've messed up, God was there and turned it into something beautiful. Yeah. That was pretty. Right, drop. Thanks, Sunday, so much for joining us. That was special, man. How did you find it? Uh, you guys are brilliant. Thank you for <laughs> inviting me here. Um, it was such a surprise, actually. Mm. Why? You're not expecting <laughs> it. No. We literally had whole conversations. <laughs> nah, G, trust me. I thought it was going to be like an extra. But I... Guys, we've come to the end of the six-week Lent series. <laughs> what? Guys, <laughs> My sorry, presenter tone made his go jump. Again. Wonderful. Sorry. No, no, we'll keep that in. Okay. But we, we've, come, we've come to the end of the six-week series. I hope you got something from it. Uh, if you've missed anything, it's all up there so you can go and watch it back but anyway stay tuned because maybe a season two coming Ooh. soon but anyway bless you guys and see you soon peace out a town <laughs>